seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan, whoa. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogan, whoa. Competition! Competition! That's the theme. That's the theme. That's the theme of today's episode of the Hopeless Show. I'm Aaron Wolf. I'm excited to be here with Rohit today because our theme is competition. We've got a crazy episode. We're going to be talking about some sports. We got some Super Bowl stuff to talk about because that's coming up, and a lot of other. I mean, man. What are, you, what, are you, what are you feeling right now? I think there's a lot of competition. You're right, Aaron. We're talking, we're talking about competition, not only between sports teams. We're going to talk about it between actors and directors and movies. Heck, even races and emojis. And so we're going to hit it all. <laughs> because apparently, we're in the middle of not only the race war, but every sort of war. Um, so yes, competition is today's theme. And the hope and- is everyone can come out winners. Every Except I have to say over the news from the quarantine that is really becoming a funny thing to say because uh, like the, I'm, I'm glad we're keeping news from the quarantine no matter what because life is a quarantine. We're stuck on this earth no matter what. So I mean, This I, is the third calendar year that we're talking doing news from the quarantine. Yeah, I want to make it 10 years of it. <laughs> but even though we're not, like I want to be I just I want to be on the moon talking about a quarantine. <laughs> Uh, I, so I already lost, I lost this week. I lost to Russia. So the competition, Russia won Aaron zero. And I feel terrible about this because I feel like I let our country down. We had talked in a previous episode about how I was going to solve all of the problems with Russia and the Ukraine by being on Ren, the, the big Russia channel that I was asked to be on. Yeah. So I, (laughs) they kept trying to schedule with me and I couldn't do it at times they wanted. And so yesterday I wrote them and said, all right, guys, I'm free tomorrow. Let's do it. And they wrote, and uh, let me try to read it to you. I'll read you the email I got from them. Was it in Cyrillic? It was, uh, I'd asked them about a contract. I tried to get everything so that I wasn't going to like somehow get screwed. So I was probably becoming more of a pest than a enjoyment for their interview. And then he wrote, hello, we waited your, we waited for your interview for a long time and now we do not need it anymore, but thanks for the cooperation. (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. So I lost, I, I lost to Russia. (laughs) I, I annoyed them too much with all my questions because I did have some nerves about making sure this was like, I don't know. I just had like Russia TV. I just want to make sure it was all kosher. And then, oh God, if I said make sure it was all kosher, they'd probably, they'd probably, I'd be dead in five minutes anyway. <laughs> but the, I, I just feel like, damn it, I really wanted to do this. And I waited too long to give them a time. I finally had a time. And I feel pretty sad. I'm not going to be on Ren TV unless they change their mind. I might ask them if they will change their mind. Yeah, dude, be like, hello, com- dear comrade. I 
And you would love to, I'm so inspired by your great leader, Putin. Uh, please put me on. And yeah, so. But regardless, I'm very sorry that interview didn't happen. And I think I just heard the rumble of a nuke coming from somewhere. Damn in it. The great Northeast. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, it was real. I mean, it's, it's been real. Uh, man, do you think, I mean, how important is Ren TV? Like how much of a reach would it have had, do you think? Honestly, I am not fully versed in Russian cable news or broadcast news. <laughs> I don't know. I don't literally the. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the Russian content I see is just dash cam videos of people, and people <laughs> like getting like run over and shit. <laughs> so... That's Reddit Russian forums. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Aaron, I'm sorry that didn't happen, but you know, it's not a competition. It's, it's maybe it is a competition. Maybe somebody, uh, some other, you know, young director from Los Angeles took your spot, um, in their interview, but yeah, yeah, I'm sad, but otherwise we have, well, let's get on with the show because I, we're going to, I mean, I lost that one, but I think you have a topic that maybe we can win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this comes from an article where we all lose. And this is from, you know, <laughs> seeking of hope. Yeah, you know, and you know how hopeless I feel about the news media in general. It's just unreliable. It's not what it used to be. It's trash. Um, but this this is a great piece by um, NPR um, that made the rounds yesterday. And it's titled, Which Skin Color Emoji Should You Use? The answer can be more complex than you think. And this whole article is about how when white people choose not to use the white hand emoji, but they use the yellow emoji. It means that they're running away from the horrible things that their race has done and they're whitewashing wow. themselves. And you have, and what they're doing is they're using privilege uh, that apparently using the yellow emoji is privilege and it's a way to run away from your uh, your accountability. Um, just to just to interject really quick because uh, people can't see me right now. My hands are in my head. I'm rubbing my eyes and I am feeling all sorts of despair. Keep going. There was here. I quote. I completely hear some people are just exhausted from having to do that. Many people of color have to do it every day. Uh, speaking of you know like confronting their race uh, every day and are confronted with race every day. Raman said, but for many white people, they've been able to ignore it, whether that's subconsciously or consciously their whole lives. Um, and it's like, and it just goes on and on. And honestly, it is the most cringe. Thing. Like right now, again, as I mentioned, we have slaves in China. We've got a takeover happening in Taiwan. We've got Ukraine setting up and actually going into battle uh, in Pripyat outside Chernobyl to defend themselves against Russia taking over their country. We've got a, you know, inflation. We've got joblessness. We've got, you know, honking happening up in, our, in the northern border. We've got lots of stuff happening. Over. But no, NPR decides to send three people, have three people write this drivel. And people say that the news yeah. media is is what ah. keeps democracy you know from being in the dark no ah. this is 
This is the worst. Eric, I don't know how to find hope with this because Muse is dead. And this was its, we it's, it's funeral. We must song. revolt. We must revolt against this. I am so, I daily, and, and you know this too from some of our friend chats as well. I am so sick of the sensitivity. And I, guess what? I'm going to say this and I know then you say, oh, you're white, you can't say this. I'm Jewish too. I, I'm, so I have like some, some minority stuff going on because Jews have been persecuted for thousands of years. I hate the sensitivity that we have to use right now. Like just everyone take a chill pill. Like if you're black, you can use the yellow emoji. If you're Asian, you can use the yellow emoji. If you're of a different religion, you can use the yellow emoji. If you're white, you can use the different yellow emoji. And guess what? In general, we just need to chill a bit. Everything doesn't have to be taken to a 10. It just doesn't. And who was I? I was talking to... Oh, I know. I was talking to some uh, some uh, LGBTQ people about Chappelle last weekend. Mm-hmm. And they love him. And they're like, we can't wait to go to his next show and all this stuff. And I'm just like... Ah, like you can't take some of the outlier opinion. You can all have opinions, but you can't mm-hmm. take the outlier opinions, then make them the social norm that it has to be. And then if you don't follow it, you're wrong, you're racist, you're transphobic, you're anti-Semitic, whatever it might be. You can't take that outlier opinion, make that the social norm. Then everyone who is doing that feel self-righteous. If you're not doing that, you're bad and you're wrong. And if it's gotten to the point where it's about emojis, we have just gone way too far. It is, and, it, and I regret having donated to NPR in the past. You know, like, I'm like, wow. Because if you listen to anything, NPR, it, it is no longer anything. Like, they find ways to divide this country with every single article, with just and finding issues and problems to create it's not news anymore it's nothing it's it's garbage and i'm really sad about it but you know what you're right aaron maybe this is the outlier and i love you know it's i think again this is the the how social media and twitter has changed the news media it is the loudest voices it's the weirdest voices it's like the most extreme voices are the ones that actually are being heard and they don't necessarily represent everybody but the scary part is npr it has such a big reach and even a small portion of it comes from taxpayer dollars, which I used to be fine with, but I'm like, not I'm not if they're putting out this crap. Um, and I think that that it's, you sucks. Know, yeah, it's that just sucks. I've been on NPR, and like being on it was it's like childhood music. It was such an honor because of the way it's a the huge the vo- honor, the yeah. voices and the music, and just I I I just felt smart when mm-hmm. when it was over. I felt dumb again, but I felt smart for that moment and and when i and same with when i listen to npr i feel smart i feel like i'm doing like the the cool thing the like the thing that i don't know professors do but i'm yeah. doing it npr is like the smart thing and this is stupid as fuck yeah <laughs> this is dumber than us which is so hard yeah. to do it's really hard to get there um so yeah hopefully npr can find its way um but until then, I think, Aaron, the hope I do feel is you're right. This is this is an extremist voice, even though they're a very influential voice. And even though, you know, it's it's a lot of people still take them as serious news. Uh, you know, if anything, maybe people 
I don't know. Every time I see something like this, I just get further radicalized. So we're being, <laughs> yeah, we're being I radicalized tell. towards normalcy and, you know, nothing extreme. We're radicalized going back to the way, you know, things should be not crazy, extreme. And that's race wars. It's, it's all become, there's so many, this self-righteous attitude that society is having that people, certain people in society are having where, Again, the extremes become the norm, and if you don't do that, you're just wrong or you're bad or you don't understand or how could you think that? Like there was – oh, I made one comment with in, – in a chat we're in, you and I are in, about Juicy Smollett <laughs> and just comparing something about that situation to a different situation. I'm not going to get into it more than that because it's not worth it. And – the reaction I got from at least one person was immediately just, how dare you say that? And I'm like, dude, let's backtrack. Let's all take a breath for a sec and let me just explain what I mean because it's nothing bad. It's just using a piece of information and comparing it to a different piece of information because they're similar. But it was like, whoa, guilty until proven innocent just about a comment. We can't live in that society anymore. And I hope that this emoji thing and when people are faced with situations just like I talked about where someone judges quick, take a deep breath and say, let's have a conversation. Let me explain first before we just jump to these kind of radical conclusions that don't really mean anything. They're just people, I think, being uh, following some sort of self-righteous norm that you're supposed to do. I don't know. I don't get it with this. This this emoji thing, except don't do it, everyone. No one do it. No, everyone who listens to us, do not do what they're saying. It is stupid. Yeah, and use the yellow emoji should you want. Just go for it. Even even Kanye yes. says he he keeps his emoji Simpsons color. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> don't okay. do what Kanye does usually, but in that case, sure. <laughs> well, yeah, Aaron, your shared outrage does make me bring bring me hope and makes me feel better. <laughs> now, are you ready for some uplifting news with some crypto watch? Yes, I'm just gonging a lot because you said a, a good thing, and so I feel I won the competition. You won! Yes! Hope won out. Um, let's see if hope continues to win out here. Maybe it is. But an, an interesting crypto news, and this is a two-part thing. Um, one, the uh, I think the big news is that Heather Morgan and her husband, Ilya Lichtenstein, um, they're kind good of good like, Christian fella. Know, yeah, good Christian fella. Uh, they're both like socialites, New Yorkers. Um, she's a rapper and kind of like a kind of an internet like YouTuber kind of person. She calls herself the Crocodile of Wall Street or Razzlecon. She kind of does like surreal art and rap. She's got she's all tatted up. Um, What's her she's name? Both that she is. Uh, her name is the Crocodile of Wall Street, aka Razzlecon. R a z z l e k h a n. Razzlecon. She okay. and her husband were just arrested. Um, nice. and Already feel hope. yep, and or actually, they were just in court because they stole four and a half billion dollars of Bitcoin. So, you didn't have to even say this is just, I guess, my view of the world. You didn't even have to say anything more than socialite and arrested, and I immediately <laughs> felt hope. Yes, <laughs> so she's 31, her husband's 34. Um, they've laundered. They've, they're, they're detained on charges of conspiring to launder one hundred and nineteen thousand seven hundred fifty-four Bitcoin. Now they were able to. They got caught apparently because 
they were good with the cleaning up their tracks, but apparently they uh, had a a list of uh, places. I guess they had a list somewhere that had um, a like it had some other places where they're stashing their money where they've transferred it to that wasn't secure. So I guess the FBI who's been tracking them for a while um, was like, ah, gotcha. Now we got them. Um, but they were able to, they, they got caught laundering it. Um, this is so, hope, man. I love yeah. We won. We won this competition this and they this lost when rich socialites lose. We all win. I believe in the downfall of all of these people, all of I these love schmucks. It. It makes me so happy. But Aaron, one question is, what do you think the government will do with the confiscated Bitcoin? So, dude, all right. Let's keep this under the radar. But let's try to get in with the government people who took this Bitcoin. (laughs) And we're just going to try to be friends with them. Maybe we can invite them over. You have the backyard. Maybe we can show them the view, hang out, maybe barbecue for them. I love that. And then just say, hey, guys. We're down to help. We're down to help. We can take some for you. We can hide it. We can stash it, even one or two. Are you in? You know, and government, FBI, if you're listening, um, Aaron and I, ignore all the stuff that I've said in the past about, you know, um, (laughs) hoping your institution burns to the ground. Um, We we love you. We love you. Every time I called, you know, everybody in government terrorists themselves, um, I was just kidding. And I was just, what I was trying to do was just make sure you were listening. I wanted you to hear us because we are such huge fans. And we know that you're not going to be giving even a tenth of a Bitcoin back to its original owners. We know that that's gone, even though you're absolutely going to be able to trace it back. So you, we know that the government is going to be keeping all this money for themselves, four and a half billion dollars. But we would like to make sure that, you know, it's spendable and the Bitcoin's properly working. We're happy to do testing for you. Um, we'll, test you know, we'll test the Bitcoin. We'll test it. We'll test it. So... Thank great you, government. Idea. Yes, we love the government. You guys are really great. Keep doing up. Keep doing what you're doing. Great job. Do you? Do you, Gov? Yeah, yeah. I've always believed in you. Um, now, Aaron, moving on <laughs> we to solve that. We solved that pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, great. Our next episode <laughs> will be broadcast from our new island we bought in the Bahamas. <laughs> We are now pro-government bootlickers and proud of it, as long as you just give us some Bitcoin. Um, now, the next thing, Aaron, but the bit of hopelessness, um, because with every yeah. sometimes with every bit of light, there's something light casts a shadow, too. Um, and I think the shadow that, that this is cast is this, this Bitcoin was stolen from a secure exchange. You and I have our crypto and various exchanges. It just feels like a matter of time before we wake up and all our coins wiped out. Um, how do you bring hope? Wait, real? Do you think so? Yeah. People are trying to hack these platforms every day. Uh, uh, I don't want to think about that, dude. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Cause I know you can like move your coins to wallets and do all that stuff. Yep. And you and I even both bought wallets at one point. Yep. Yep. And Mine's di- still di- sitting in the packaging. <laughs> yep. This, we're talking about Mine cold is... storage wallets, by the way. Uh, Trezor is one is one version. Uh, but Aaron, go ahead, continue. Well, no, I mine is also mine sitting in the closet in its original packaging with the wrap on it, <laughs> and and so obviously we didn't quite get to doing that, and I don't want to. I don't want to 
I, I like looking at the app and looking at the different price fluctuations and stuff. So in answer to your question, I'm glad we're getting involved with the government so it's going to offset any losses we have when we get hacked. That's it. It's yeah, good that we're getting keep in. it off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we are going to get the, you know, and we'll make sure that everybody that had their Bitcoin stolen past, present and future, we're taking good care of it, Aaron and I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and and now we have big competition. We have big competition. We have a huge sports update. And oof. oh, is it? Do we have a toughie? No, I mean it's just it's a t- it is it's a sad one. You know, it's a sad follow. Okay. But go ahead, Aaron. Continue. Well, I mean, I mean, we we are gonna get to the Super Bowl, of course, and oscars and bts and all the things we always get to but right now we have to do a very specific sports update and uh, rohit do you want to uh do you want to tell us what what this topic is yeah so the topic is uh former major league baseball pitcher tyler skaggs um he had passed away of what appeared to be like a drug overdose or fentanyl or something like that he overdosed um in 2019 in the middle of the baseball season he was found in his hotel room dead um, and this is a young kid, um, and he's he was a pitcher that had promised too, um, but yeah, apparently he, he had been good. addicted to opioids, and um, and he was found dead. And it's kind of shocking. And and actually, Aaron, um, you know, one of our friends, Diana, I believe she went to the same school. He went to Santa Monica High School, I believe. I don't know if they went there at the same time. No, no, um, she was diff- like a lot before him, but. Um, some there was some connection where someone knew him or something. I don't remember who. Yeah. So apparently, you know, that had all kind of like I I don't know. I I kind of like for Pat moved past it, kind of forgot about it. Whatever, you know. It's 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 sad, but our lives move on. But the case or the story was reopened this week when <clears throat> um, some names started getting tossed around. Oh, right. That right. that his. Uh, I don't know if they were teammates at the time, um, but former Mets uh, at the they time were. looking to be a they superstar. Okay, they were. Um, you know, Matt Harvey, you know, at one time he was the Dark Knight, and then he got thoracic out- arm syndrome or outlet syndrome or whatever it's called, ruined his shoulder, and he went from being a potential top 10 pitcher that looking like he was going to be dominating for a decade to he couldn't throw the ball anymore. Um, there was and, also rumors he loved drugs. Yeah. Which now cool. keep going yeah um but apparently um there was a, a text message um, or a conversation where tyler skaggs he acquired some percocets from matt harvey um really and you start yeah and you start to when you look at what he had in his system when he was when the autopsy happened um you know there was uh, ethanol oxy fentanyl that all all in his system that like killed him so skaggs was doing a lot of stuff and wow. if he's getting, if he's getting really like federally restricted drugs, and I've taken Oxy and Percocet like for my injuries sure. when I'm recovering from surgery, they're awesome. Um, no lie, they're great, and I can see why people could get addicted. Thankful I don't have an addictive personality, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it while I'm at it. It also helped me like not <clears throat> scream out and cry in pain for weeks as my knee that had exploded was recovering with a million rods in it. Um, so, um, the, the thing is that the hopeless part is 
is that oftentimes we think these players are just going out to shady sources, right? Oh, right. you know, like they, my doc, you know, telling their, their doctor, their personal doctor, you know, can you get, hook me up a little bit? And you think like, okay, all this stuff on the table. No, drugs are getting passed around. It goes back to the, to the steroid era. You know, like I don't give a shit about being, it goes steroids. back to like the era where they were doing, uh, what were they called? The speed, like, um, Oh, um, not like whip. It's not my, but it's like, it's like greenies greenies. Yeah. And like, I think the seventies, mm-hmm. sixties, something like that. So to just get energy. Aaron, I think the hopeless topic is, is I feel like this is not going to be an isolated incident. And it's sad that, I mean, players are killing each other, not accident, not like on purpose, but they are killing each other. Uh, how do we find hope out of those? Where can we go from here? Well, I have dark hope. Uh, but first, this is what's, I think, good about a tragic situation is it shows that nobody is immune to the crime they're committing. And if you're in the locker room and you give a player drugs that kill them, it's not like you're going to get off scot-free. Matt Harvey, I mean, the guy seems like a mega douche. He's always seemed like that. And he, uh, I'm sure, knew about this. Like, he knew what he did that day. And it's been a number of years, and he thought he was going to be get off from it. And he's not. And it shows that... If you can't do this, you can't do something like this. You like the players have to be held accountable for what they do to themselves, and even more importantly, if they do harm to others. And I mean, Tyler Skaggs did harm to himself. Andy Matt Harvey did harm to Tyler Skaggs. So I think there's hope in that, and that people can find can know that nobody is immune, and everyone has to be held accountable. Uh, except for the billionaire owners who don't have to be held accountable for anything because they can do whatever they want. But in general, people have to be held accountable. And it is tragic. What I find hope in, in this, because it's a, it's a very sad situation and um, drug addiction, all that stuff. I'm the same. Like I've had, uh, I've been prescribed these different pain medicines. I just don't have an addictive personality. So like, the pain medicine doesn't do for me what it does to a lot of people where they say they have euphoria and this and that. It doesn't do that to me. And I've always been like, oh, I wonder what that would feel like. It just never happens. So, um, and, they, and people say with these pills, right? You and I don't have this experience, but they say with the pills, you want more and more. Like you need, like you take one and you want two the next time and then three and then four. I've never felt that no, when yeah. I've been I mean, on them for different injuries and like I've never wanted like oh I want two of these the next time but it must yeah. be a struggle if you do and Aaron and I think in addition to on top of that what you're saying on top of this hope I think if anything this might actually bring more awareness to the idea of fentanyl people aren't purposely doing fentanyl in most cases what happens is you know there's bootleg oxy there's a lot of bootleg drugs now fentanyl is can be just as powerful, if not more powerful, than you know Percocet or Oxy. Um, but what happens is this bootleg fentanyl is produced in labs that are south of the border, coming from China. A lot of these cheap drugs. So if for the listeners out there, and this isn't just for pills, but if you are buying bootleg Oxy or even your cocaine or whatever it is, 
they actually sell test strips. Be really, really careful. Should you choose to do drugs like this, there are, the, even New York City .gov, if you're New York City listeners out there, um, you know, they actually are providing the information how you can use fentanyl test strips. Um, you ha you're seeing this in, you know, like you can get easily get these to test your stuff. I mean, we don't recommend here like getting on crazy benders and doing tons of hard drugs, whatever. Have fun, do what you got to do, but test your stuff before you use your stuff so you don't wind up dead like Tyler Skaggs and you don't wind up using really, you know, just not knowing where your drugs are coming from. Funny enough, the drugs that Harvey could have provided to Skaggs might have been cheaper, or sorry, safer, because he might have actually had a prescription because of his injury, because they're coming from a pharmacy versus them coming from some unknown source that are just kind of like, you know, oh, here's some oxy I got from you don't know where. So don't trade drugs. Don't sell your drugs to people. And if you are going to do stuff and you are going to buy illicit, test it um, so you don't die because fentanyl yeah. is such a killer and the cause of the opioid crisis. It is. And yeah. then, but there, we got to have hope because that that's great advice. And your PSA is well heard and I appreciate it. And it's uh, it's dead on the hope from this is not about the death. We're, we're putting that aside. My hope is the Orioles. They cannot catch a break because what team was Matt Harvey on last year? The Orioles, Rohit's team. And just when it's like, all right, they lose a lot. You know, they're trying to rebuild and so on. What happens? They're in the news, finally. Because yeah, they're play like, and Matt Harvey's been on, what, five or six teams? Yeah, he wasn't, at this point? Matt Harvey, yeah, he wasn't even on the Orioles, like, Tyler Skaggs had passed away before Matt Harvey ever even played for the Orioles, yet they chose to smear or besmirch the very good reputation of my team. And <laughs> well, his the, all the pictures they're sharing are most recent, which is him yeah. in an Orioles hat. Yeah, and like the Orioles are like, what did we do? <laughs> and I noticed he's gone. He he uh, he ended all his social media. He's not on Instagram or Twitter or anything oh, anymore. He's off okay. everything now, but. So people have to grab a picture. They're grabbing his most recent picture, which is him in an Orioles hat. So that gives me hope that just where the Orioles couldn't get any lower, they got lower. And I just row it. It's only up from here for your team. You're going to get rid of this scumbag, and it only can get better from here. Hey, Orioles are going to have a winning record sometime in the next 30 years. And that's that's all. Look. You'll be well. The world's going to be over, but if, yeah. according to you, the world's done. But let's say, let's say it's not done. I'm looking forward to that day, and we will have fun on this podcast when they are in the playoffs. Exactly. Once Major League Baseball rebuilds itself after World War III, and whoever people are left alive, and should they decide to have a Major League Base, a major, you know, professional baseball league, uh, if there's enough players left to play, um, whoever's coming out of that apocalyptic scenario, if the Orioles are in it, there's a chance that we'll have a winning record. So that is the hope for me. So you're saying there's a chance. I, yes. I'm going to hope gong that. And do we, is it time to go to topic two? Yeah, I actually have a, this is, which is which is a oh. really quick question, oh, I see Aaron. Something. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, two part question. Aaron, how much of the Winter Olympics have you start, Have you watched thus far? 11 minutes. I actually might be exactly that. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, and my one quick question is hope is like, and maybe this is a question for the audience. Help us care about the Olympics. It's like I'm trying. Maybe I'm not even trying to care. I just don't care. And I'm, I didn't watch one minute of the last Summer Olympics. Not even like a second of it. Um, 
So I don't know how to care about this one. Uh, well, okay. I'm going to say why I cared for that 11 minutes. I, in general, just love amazing athletes doing amazing things. And I was watching the figure skating competition. It was the doubles. Oh, it was awesome. It was actually an awesome thing. It was the doubles. Uh, it was man and woman. And I bel believe they were boyfriend and girlfriend or husband and wife. And they went up to do like where the guy throws her and she does like a triple toe loop or one of those things. And he went to catch her, but she was off balance and he fell on top of her. And it was great TV. Like I felt bad for them, obviously, but it was, but not really. I mean, it was just really entertaining to watch that. It's amazing to see amazing athletes do amazing things and see that they also can screw up. Here's where the Olympics screwed up though. Cause that 11 minutes was awesome. And I was into it and I was ready to watch a lot more of the figure skating doubles. Cause this was cool. I think it's amazing what these people can do. I like am in awe when they do all this stuff and same with skiing. Like, it's just cool to watch the best do the best. Then they went to ice dancing. This sport I've thought since I was a little kid is stupid. I'm not watching the Olympics to watch people dance. I'm watching the Olympics to see people do a sport, to watch like people throwing people in the air and spinning five times. That's awesome. To watch people like do little ballroom dances on the ice. I just don't get it. And that's when I turned it off. So Olympics try to care and try to find the sport that's awesome. Like, okay. like you know what slalom I'll do? and skiing and that kind of, and uh, the ice, the figure skating, not that, but then Olympics needs to chill with some of these sports where it's obvious. It's just not as interesting to me. Yeah. At least. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Aaron. I have a TV over my shoulder. You can't see through the camera. I'm just going to have, I'm going to keep the Olympics on during my meetings of the day and I'll peek every now and then, and maybe I'll find something that interests me, but maybe I'll just like let it run. Um, so, because uh, there are cool things. I mean, I haven't watched much either, but there are cool events. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't like when they show the not cool events. They should get rid of the not cool events. There we go. I figured it out. Hope. Fair, fair. Uh, uh, all right. So it's time to get to the topic that we can only talk about once a year. Yes. It is the Super Bowl. So. I'm gonna. I have a few takes on the Super Bowl. We'll, uh, and then we'll get to the Oscars and, and wrap up the show. But the Super Bowl, it's in LA for the first time ever. Or I don't know, in fifty thousand years, whatever it is, it's the first time in forever. And because LA hasn't had a team in forever, so the hopeless part for me is it feels actually like LA is treating the Super Bowl. It's just like the Oscars. It's an event that's here and there's tons of parties getting set up. And I might go to one Friday, maybe. And I'm going to a thing Saturday, actually. So I'm doing a couple things, but the, it feels like that. It doesn't feel like the LA team is in the Super Bowl. And nobody cares. I have been walking around for days, been around people. I haven't seen a single Rams anything all week. Nothing. I've seen a couple Bengals things because it's Bengals Rams for those who don't know. I have not seen a single Rams thing. 
Now, Ina is a huge Rams fan. She's the only Rams fan I know. Uh, the Super Bowl party I believe I'm going to is a Bengals party. We're all rooting for the Bengals, except like I would love for Ina to be happy. I, I just think it's sad that I believe every other city that in football that would have a Super Bowl where their team was in the Super Bowl, it would be just mayhem for that team. This game is going to be at best and probably worse at best 50-50 crowd, probably more Bengals fans than Rams fans. And I just, as a guy who grew up in LA, like if the Dodgers are in the world series, this city is captivated by it. If the Lakers are in the, uh, the NBA championship, I hate the Lakers, but they are, but the city is captivated by it. Even if UF, USC is in a big game, which has been a long time, but back when they were good, people were into that for the most part. But this is yeah, just... USC, yeah. It's sad. It's crazy. I mean, I just sent you, I just texted you a picture of our, what Ina has done to our house. Um, Let's see. And I'll, I'll do a live reaction. One second. Let me give you a, and also you have to do oh, some wait. pinch zooming. Um, oh, there's details. Oh yeah. So uh, if you look at the, there's the curb. Yeah. We have the okay. curb with the, I'll explain. We have a curb with a next to their address, which I won't give on air because Rohit has enough stalkers as is, but they have a Rams logo next to the curb hanging from the garage. It says Rams house, which is also a, a very funny thing because it's hanging off of a house. So that's funny. And then on the car, they have a, uh, what is it? a Subaru and mm -hmm. off the Subaru is a Rams flag, which is the first Rams flag I've seen on a car as well. So this Wait, is, you so, so zoom into the rear quarter panel window on the driver's oh, side. On the rear quarter panel panel window, there is a Ram decal okay. logo. And the, on the back window. The back window has... And Oh wait, the license plate I see has, <laughs> license has not just not just a Los Angeles Rams thing, but it also has a humble brag on it because it says season ticket holder. It's like I'm a Rams fan, and yeah, I'm also a season ticket holder. Yeah. I love this. I love this because we we don't get I oh, and then the right no, what that's not Rams. The right one is that that that's just from the Manual Gearbox Preservation Society. That just shows our <laughs> gear pattern to also all right. flex it. It's our, all our cars are stick shift. Um, but so I, but I just feel for the city of LA, it's, uh, it's sad that we are, ha the Super Bowl is just a Hollywood event. It's a giant Hollywood event. It is not as if like the LA team is in the Super Bowl. And right. last crazy thing I've been, and then please chime in. I, and I, we can also give our predictions. But the I've been monitoring the tickets for the Super Bowl. Rohit's going with Ina, and I'm jealous. And I hope Rohit gets COVID again, and then he has to give his ticket away so that I can go. But we have three days. Three days. So. Come on, come on. Go to a super spreader. Do something. Uh, so I don't actually wish you COVID. Just to be clear, I kind of do. So I just feel that 
I want to go to this game very bad. And so I've been monitoring the tickets and they are plummeting. They were saying it's the most mm -hmm. expensive, it's the most expensive uh, Super Bowl ever. Not anymore because the tickets have dropped by over, what is it, like 60%, something like that. And they keep mm -hmm. dropping like every hour because the game, it's sold out in that all the tickets have been sold to like resellers, but they can't unload the tickets. So they're having to drop the prices a ton because they actually can't, right now, if they were to start the game now, this game would not have a lot, like it would have thousands of empty seats. So I'm still hopeful if it drops to below a certain price, I wanna go. But uh, that's, okay. so that's, that's my recap of why I'm sad and hopeless. Cause right now I still can't I, go and this city doesn't care. I have a feeling I'm gonna see you on Sunday at the, at the game. I really have a good feeling about it. Um, secondly, um, to bring you hope, I mean, even here's the thing. I think we have to treat the Rams not as a team that's returned after spending their entire lives, you know, in LA um, slash Anaheim for, you know, decades there since the sixties or whatever. Um, but they, yeah, they had a 30 year hiatus came back. I think we need to treat them like they're an expansion team. And the thing about LA, there's a lot of transplants here who already bring their own teams, right? I'm a Giants fan, but I'm like, you know, like, like I've, Kind of like I love rooting for the Rams with Ina. It's fun, you know. I have I have a couple hats and a shirt. I'm like, yeah, let's go Rams, you know. <laughs> I wear the exact same ones to every single game. I do watch. But you don't them. you don't care that much, really. Like you, no, you, no. You, Here's you, the thing. I can only get I can only get like thirty percent as excited as if it was compared to my real teams. You know, like I can still like yeah, cool, like yeah, you know. But I'm like, it doesn't feel like the same high. You know, mm -hmm. as if the Knicks or the Giants or it'll never happen with the Orioles because they suck. Um, but so. But I think we have to treat it as an as an expansion team. But it's pretty good. Two times in four years, they're in the Super Bowl. See, that makes me less hopeful. Been here. That makes me more hopeless because they've been good and people don't care. And it's just like, it's just I feel bad for them. I do do too, and I've I've grown to like the Chargers because they have an even smaller following as an yeah. LA team. There's never a lot of Charger fans ever, and but. It doesn't represent the city of L.A. well as a sports city. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Rams are doing everything they can. They're putting a great product on the field. They traded for Matt Stafford. He's like, they, the Rams, even like their marketing, the stuff, they're doing really good stuff. It's just like the city is going to take some time. I think if they win this, which I think they will, um, you know, already you can't get Rams jerseys anywhere on the Internet. There's four-hour waits at the Grove for the only place you can get the Super Bowl jerseys. They're sold out in stores across the country. And that's an L.A. team. So that at least is a sign for hope that at least this team is, is going to get on the national scale, especially with the win. And let's close this out, Aaron. What do you, what's your score prediction for the game? Um, I kind of like this score. I think 30 to 27. Ooh. Bengals. Wow. Okay. So you have 37 Bengals. I and I think 27. it's going to be back and forth. I think it will be back and forth. I think the Rams will have a lead probably in the first half. I think 27 10 Rams. Oh, wow. So you think they shut out? Yeah. I don't, I don't see your prediction happening at all. I have, Dude. I don't see that even remotely happening. I think Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and just the way that, and Von, Von Miller. Joe Burrow was sacked nine times in the divisional game. So can okay? I just, and he did not, and he, and he did he not won. face a pass rush, and he won, barely in overtime, right? Or like, sorry, with a walk off. No, no. But so this pass rush is like nothing he has faced in his career, 
Okay. He and Aaron Donald is arguably the best player in the NFL and has been for the past five years. Like Joe Burrow is going to get eaten alive. And I love Joe Burrow. He's, I think like this is going to be a dominant win by the Rams. And I've been right in every single playoff prediction I've had, even for the, the, I, you know, you, you do the bracket and with the resorting, I got every game right, except for, I thought that it was going to be Rams chiefs in the Super Bowl. I did not pick the Bengals ah. in round two. So I've gotten two games wrong and both the Bengals games. So maybe this is the third one, but other, all the other games I've, I was even down to the Niners losing to the Rams in the NFC championship before the plays even started. I predicted that's exactly how the bracket would go. And the Rams went at home. Like, I was wrong about the Bengals twice. I don't want to be wrong about the third time because it would be really cool to see the Rams win a Super Bowl at home and see Matthew Stafford and Odell Beckham find you know get their rings, which would be the, my, my happiest thing because uh, I love those guys. Um, but let's see. All right, so you've All got right, well, 30, just 30 to 27 Bengals. And here's my yeah. other issue with your prediction. You've been wrong about the Bengals these times. I've been right about the Bengals since the season started because I picked them to win the AFC and the Super Bowl preseason. I bet on it. Okay. And the reason is I thought last year before Burrow got hurt, he was uh, like, this guy's awesome. This guy has it. He's got the it factor and he can lead a team. He can get sacked nine times and face crazy pass rush and still win. And they added good pieces, and I just and they got like the best wide receiver in the draft. So that was his dude already, and uh, at LSU, so uh, Chase. So I really believe that this guy is has the it factor, and this team is a team of destiny, and will win. And then I'll also win my first ever preseason Super Bowl bet. How much do you win? Five hundred, I think. Sweet. How much you put down? I think 20 bucks. That's amazing. Well, I'm sorry you're going to be losing your $20, but like regardless, (laughs) you were right. You were, you've been, you've been banging the Joe Burrow drum for over a year. I remember these conversations. So I love the guy. I wish him all the success in the world, but I think he's going to get eaten alive. Um, All right. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll both, we'll both be yelling from the stadiums. Um, and so, so now we just have to wrap up that. Well, we have hopeless TV. This is a big one. This is a big yes. one before we wrap up. Uh, do you want to start with the Oscar noms? Yeah, oh, by the Aaron, way, competition. Think... We didn't say competition. This is a competition. Whoever is right about this game, we just have to make something. We have to do something. Uh, I don't like the Giants at all. If the Bengals lose on this show, I have to pledge allegiance to the Giants. I don't think you'd ever follow through on that. I will do that. I would I would pledge allegiance to the Giants and say why I think the Giants are so great on this show. Now you would never I mean, I I, I how can we hold you to that? It's a it's a bet. It's a okay. it's a competition. Okay. But then what what do would you hate to do that you would have to do? He's thinking of what he'd actually do. But it has to be bad because, you know, I, I despise the Giants. They're really not because of you, but because of living in New York and their fans and everything. Yeah, and they're going to be good again, which is great. Um, 
I don't know. I, I can't think of many things I'd hate to do. Let's see if ideas. Uh, I think uh, I think you have to not watch a Giants game next season. There has to be a game you can't watch. Oh, I don't like that at all. <laughs> um. All right. Well, what we will do, Rohit is going to have to do something despicable that he hates. We don't know what it is right now. We know what I have to do. I'll tell you what. I'll make a pro. I'll make a pro Eagles tweet. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll Can you do some way to with the little Dolphins that. love too? A pro yeah, Eagles yes. tweet with Dolphins. I, I have no love. problem with the Dolphins at all. I have no problem with the Dolphins. Um, but yeah, it's um, I'll find something to say about that dirtbag franchise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll find something nice to say. All right, I'll do that. Um, okay. So on to the Oscars. Yes. Um, I think my takeaway, Aaron, is like, I think this is the fewest Oscar movies I've seen in a long time um, for Best Picture. Because usually I'm like, oh, okay, I've seen like five or six of them. I have not seen Drive My Car, Nightmare Alley, um, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog, West Side Story, King Richard, or Coda. So that's eight that I haven't seen. What I have seen is Dune and Don't Look Up. I've seen Don't Look Up. I like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so my my hopelessness about the Oscars is pretty simple. It should be, co- be called the Snobskers because it is movie snobs. Like, love it. This is, it's a, become a movie snob Oscars. What wins is not what pe- the people like. It's what movie snobs like. The movie Power of the Dog, I saw. I couldn't stand it. I thought it was why. Why did everybody <clears throat> loves it? I haven't seen it yet, but I, was it just too slow? I, it is like so westerns. slow. It's so just dumb. Like the characters are so predictable to me and what they are. They they you know they by trying to be subtle, they hammer it over the head exactly what these people are, but they think they're doing it in an artsy way. It's beautifully mm. shot, so it's like let's hide behind that with just slow tedium and boredom. And there's no real payoff. Like the end is, I'm not going to ruin it for people yet. I will probably in a week or two because I'll be too pissed when it wins. But the end, it just keeps going. And then it goes into the, uh, this abyss of misery and nowhere. And then the end is clever because of how it ends. But it's not clever. It's just more, it's just, it just keeps adding on levels of stupidity with nothing happening as well. And it thinks it's self-important and it's not. Yeah, and don't spoil this for me, even with the facial expression. But I, re- I'm still gonna try and watch it. I really hope the dog doesn't die. Um, but yeah, so. Um. <laughs> uh, and remember, power of the dog, not to be confused with the upcoming Channing Tatum comedy, Dog. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're thinking of dog movies, power of the dog, different than the Channing Tatum dog yeah. movie called. I once had a friend. She went to Turks and Caicos. I was like, which one did you like better? <laughs> Dog. No, I was like, oh, Turks and Caicos. It's a true story. True story. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So which one did you like better? <laughs> yeah. Um, um. Well, this is the this is the the bummer is the Oscars. I feel are, I love the Oscars. I absolutely love them, and they're just out of touch. And not going to the theaters doesn't help, though. People haven't been going as much. Um, that's hopefully going to come back this year. But 
yeah, it's just it's too bad. I I did like Don't Look Up. I'm looking forward to seeing a few of the others, uh, Coda and uh, what is some of the other ones you said. Whatever, we'll watch them and we'll give you more updates now that we know the. I just got all my screeners too, so I can put the Ooh. I can put the Blu-ray in, or I can just turn it on on my TV on the streamer. <laughs> the screener thing has gotten sort of outdated because yeah, those movies are already on your TV. Yeah, I really want to see Nightmare Alley. I'd like to see yeah. that. I have zero interest in West Side Story. I like one. I hate musicals. And two, I heard that they kind of changed the whole idea. Instead of like, oh, you know, it's two people, you know, it's like two groups of people fighting each other. I don't know. I've only seen West Side Story when I was like a kid or I don't remember the shit. But it's like, it's a two people like groups fighting each other, you know. But it, it ended up being like, oh, they're all oppressed together or some shit. And then they still fight each other because of like oppression or some shit. Like it makes no sense. It took away like that's the soul and their, and their austerity, you know, and their own austerity. So whatever. Um, Licorice Pizza <laughs> sounds pretty cool because um, the girl from Hein... One of He's the girls from Hein is in it. Yeah. And Paul Thomas Anderson is cool. Um, Belfast. I like Kenneth Branagh. He's um, great. Yeah. I think it's all black and white. So that might be something I'll hold off on. Coda, I did hear, is like really. Is... Okay. The Lighthouse. The movie Lighthouse fucking sucked. I hated it. Um, and it was like, oh, look how it's shot in like 5-4. And oh, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't care. That shit sucked. Um, and... Um, or maybe shot four three, whatever. Also, my most hated movie of all time after Mr. Bean, because I thought Mr. Bean sucked, um, was <laughs> Oscar. It was like two thousand six or seven Best Picture winner Crash. I think I've already gone on tirades about this. I'm not going to do it again. Tr- Crash was the biggest piece of trash I've ever seen. It was just like, oh, I'm racist. And I got into a car accident with the black guy. So now I'm not racist. And all these other stories, they all come together. And we're all like not racist anymore. Oh, it's like, look at the racist coming. It's like, fuck you. Like, what is this garbage movie? Nothing happened except people just are like, I, I hate I hate stories where everything, all the characters come together and meet in the end. And everybody like ends up a good person for some reason. Um, Including Brendan Fraser. Was he in that movie? Of course. I actually okay. am pretty I, sure. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think okay. He was well, in. I've I've erased most of it from my mind because I thought it was the biggest piece of crap I've ever seen. Um, anyway, curious so, what you'll think of Power of the Dog. Okay, okay. Well, like I said, as long as the dog stays alive, I'm I'm willing to give it a try. Um, I'm not even sure if there is a dog, but with the name like that, there better be a dog. Um, <laughs> well, now I'm we assuming have. it's about a superhero dog that is a cowboy, also with oh. like a bandana. And he's like, I'm a dog, woof, woof, and I'm powerful. And oh, how I wish I could have yeah. those two hours back and instead have that story happen. <laughs> um, and oh, so yeah. we're get, we got to wrap up the show. We're, we're running out of yep. time here. I mean, the, the light is blinking. People are people are ready for the show to end. Uh, well, no, not our listeners. You guys want us to go on for hours. But but we do have to uh, to wrap up the show with, I guess, the BTS and uh, and the uh, and the hope in sixty, so guess the BTS Rohit. It's pretty simple. My question to you is BTS again favorite K-pop band favorite band in the world. We love them K-pop blah blah blah. We've done this spiel before. They're great. We just don't know much of their music, but we know more now. What? Who is BTS paying homage to? Now, they are paying homage in a commercial. Can you guess which other musician they are paying homage to? 
I haven't seen the commercial. Good. That's uh, why this, you have to guess this. Uh, can you give me some hints or some context? Like It's a musician oh. that's uh, much, much older than them. Alive, but older. Way older. Bob Dylan. What? You got it! For the Are first you time! <laughs> you just got the first ever guest of BTS! <laughs> well, when you said older but still alive, I was like, Mick Jagger, Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, and Barbara Streisand, probably. <laughs> and with the first, who do you, like when you think of an old musician, obviously you think of Bob Dylan. Okay, so what are they doing with Bob Dylan? So there's that famous video where he held up the cards to give a message. Yep that we've all yep. seen. So they're doing yep. that in honor of him, like to pay homage about, and with the similar message, whatever his message was, which I forget, uh, something about it, like climate change or something like their globe. I think it was about crypto. Yeah, it was probably about crypto and, uh, and they're doing <laughs> buy something. Ethereum about, on the dip. <laughs> yeah. Buy Ethereum. I, it's about the planet and keeping the planet safe and, and Dylan did that with his. So it's something like that. And I am mm -hmm. amazed. Congratulations to Rohit. The crowd is absolutely going insane because you have for the first time in many years gotten a guest the BTS dead on. I have guessed the BTS. I mean, people are not, people is are that a nuts. gun? That was uh, is that a shotgun. Oh, okay. So, so now we just have to do our hope in 60 and, uh, and, and we have a good one. We have a good one yeah, that you're yeah. going to challenge me to. Let me start this timer. Um, we have one topic for hope in 60 this week and I'm going to go. So the headline is a $1 million painting is ruined in Russia after a board security guard drew eyes on faceless figures with a ballpoint pen. So there's a famous painting. It's like this like surrealist kind of painting. Um, and it's got a whole group of people with no faces on. And this this on his first week, the security guard drew ballpoint smiley faces on them. Um, <laughs> destroying this one million piece of art. One million dollar piece of art. How do we find hope? Easy. Simple. I am going to be writing the Ren TV guy in uh, after this show because I have to be on again because now I have a purpose. I have to save art in Russia. And so my goal is gonna be, I'm gonna say I'm an artist and a different type of artist, but I am here to deliver a message that we must save the art in Russia because we can't be defacing people's beautiful works. And now I have a purpose for going back to him. Thank you. I feel tons of hope. I do too. <laughs> that was amazing. Yes, great. Um, that was easy. So let's, let's, let's bang that hope gong. Oh yeah, we're ba we're ba we're banging right now. We're banging, and then, bong. So we have a submission, and a hope fulfilled to end the show. The submission is from Larry in Canada. He said, "I for I couldn't pronounce the name of what he said where he's from, so I didn't want to deface my pronunciation." But it's he's in Canada, and he said, "Deadly vaccines can be reversed." That was so. It was, it was just he wanted that to be said on the show. Deadly vaccines, like the COVID vaccine, which I, I think he thinks is deadly, can be reversed. And then there was a video of why another one of these like videos of propaganda kind of things. So Rohit, answer him. 
Well, I mean, I'm not going to say that science is settled because science is never settled. The whole point of science is for it to not be settled. I don't think the virus is, or sorry, the vaccine is far less deadly than the, than the virus. The vaccine itself is only deadly to a micro nanoscopic amount of people with pre-existing conditions, this and that. And even then it's not fully proven because it could be a number of other things. Most of the people that are dying from COVID, by the way, are obese and all that. And so actually has nothing to do with the vaccine. So I don't know, but um, <laughs> I just thought I'd say that. Um, but I, I, I don't know about vaccines being reversible. I've never heard of it. Like I said, I, I'm not a scientist. I'm a moron with the podcast mic. Um, but I don't know why you'd want to reverse the vaccine um, by the fact that, that you know, we've already seen uh, England, we, I think in Belgium, we're starting to see countries that have, ha- that have crossed the 83% vaccination threshold start to open up and relax all the restrictions. And all the Hong Konging that's happening in Canada to reduce the restrictions, even, you know, people are vaccinated saying, listen, we just need to open our economy back up and stop with this, you know, all these restrictions. That happens because we hit a certain amount of vaccinations. Yeah. If you want to roll back the vaccinations, then we're going to be stuck in this shit for longer. So I'd say don't reverse it. It's not a deadly vaccine. It's only to some people. But um, and dude, you don't even have to worry about it. Because we'll have that larger, you know, like freedom that's coming out as soon as we can just get past the threshold. And it looks like Canada is starting to relax some of their stuff too. So maybe all the all the truckers honking is working. Um, but <laughs> rolling back the vaccines is not the way to get back no. to normal. So yeah, whether no, it no, can no. be or done or not, I don't think I want that. So. No, don't want it. So, but Larry, thank you for your your kind submission. And thank you for your answer, Rohit. And we will end the show with a hopeful filled. Portugal, the man who we, the band we have had, we've had uh, members of it on our show before. Great band, Grammy winners. You can go back and listen to the episodes in our backlog. Uh, they have a new, uh, new single out called What Me Worry. And it's awesome. It's a jam and a half. And they're really pumped about it. Checked in on them. They're, very pumped about this. They're getting a lot of uh, press and they're going to be on the talk shows and stuff. So really psyched that they're having a first new album in five years, almost uh, come out and first new, uh, they've had a few songs, but first new album, everyone go check it out. What me worry. And the album I think is coming out in a few months in June. It's coming out in June. And yeah, that's my hopeful filled is it's great that we're getting new music from, from a guest that's been on our show. Love it. And congrats to the PTM group. Um, And can't wait to hear that track. And everybody here, give it a listen. Give it a stream. And um, yeah. And in the meanwhile, while you're listening, whether it's on Spotify, also give our show a positive review. And, you know, we love Portugal the man. And if you love Portugal the man and you listen to our show, isn't that a match made in heaven? So give us five stars. (laughs) Give us positive reviews. um, And share you know, the new album and share us with your friends. Um, and yeah. And in the meantime, Aaron, are you feeling a little more hopeful? I feel great. I am ready to conquer today, tomorrow, the weekend and this year. I feel like, I feel like I am a butterfly and my wings have, have opened up and I'm, I'm spreading them and I'm about to fly around and make happiness. 
Yeah. And to quote the great Nelly Furtado, I'm like a bird. I'm a fly away. I don't know if I'm. I don't know where my home honking. is. Oh, I don't that's know where is, my yeah. show is. But baby, all I need for you is to to be like a bird. Right. So it all comes back to being like a bird. Yeah, and honestly, I never knew those lyrics. Is like, because I was like, I'm like a bird. I'm a fly away. I don't know if I'm a honky. I don't know if I'm a zonky. I'm a, and like, I just like, I don't know. It's been like 30 years. I don't know the fucking words. Or 20 years. Um, so yeah, thank you for enlightening me on that. Um, and sorry, Nelly Furtado, if I've been missinging you this whole, all these decades. Um, but in the meantime, everyone have a wonderful week. And Aaron and I will catch you to recap the Super Bowl. When the world seems gold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope. A light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show.